Yeah, we're going to go play it. Uh, James Mulkey, the uh, Perm baseball coach, is there about an hour away from taking the uh, field, I mean, less than an hour, taking the field at CHS Field in St. Paul, trying to play for a state title in the Minnesota Class AA Championship against top seed, the Esco Eskimos, as uh, we'll talk some uh, baseball uh, this hour with uh, Corey Provis. Jack got a chance to catch up with Corey Provis, radio voice of the Minnesota Twins. Also, Ryan Powell from the uh, Summit League. Of course, you maybe know Ryan from his time at UND. Uh, he is um, in Omaha as uh, with the uh, Summit League following Oral Roberts at the College World Series. It is 12.04 in the Jack Michael Show for a Friday here on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM and 740thefan.com. I'm in, uh, I'm in studio holding down the fort, and I'm going to guess Jack Michaels is probably not to Watertown yet. He is somewhere but uh, maybe Waverly, South Shore, somewhere there on I-29 in South Dakota. Hello, Jack. Hello, Bradley. I, I, your uh, uh, knowledge of I-29 as it dips into South Dakota is uh, no one can challenge it. You are right on the money. Uh, you know what I've noticed too, Brad, about South Dakota, and you're right. I'm, I'm just gotta, you know, I'm not. I'm about a hundred miles out of uh, Sioux Falls. Are the length of the hills on I-29 like? It's not just like a just quick little bumps. They're like mile-long, you know, not steep grades. But if you notice that driving to driving to Sioux Falls, you got that one long. I think the Red Hawks bus one time couldn't make it up one of the hills because of it overheated or something <laughs> like that. But the length of the hills today, yes, I'm on that hill, that that terrain. All right, yes, as uh, as I know, uh, uh, there'll be a lot of Legion baseball teams. I know there's Sioux Falls has got some uh, tournaments, and I think some are either. Headed on 29, they're headed to Sioux Falls, or maybe maybe Sioux Falls via Omaha, because there's a lot of teams that play. There's, along with the College World Series, there are a uh, number of Legion baseball tournaments that coincide. And I know programs down here. I know Castleton's going down there. I think Post 400's going down there, um, among other. I think West Fargo might be as well. Um, that are. Um, that are down there and they get to usually try to get to a game or two of the college world series. And it just, it's, it's just, I know kind of a, uh, that's one of the trips that, that, that a lot of Legion teams uh, really look forward to. Yep. You're right. Hey Brad, I am. Um, uh, yeah. Over the years, Legion teams and what a treat it is for those players. They get to not only play, but some set it up through their programs to take a day or a session and take in the College World Series, which you're right, I just passed the Dickinson Rough Riders uh, bus. Uh, can I always tell the baseball buses? They're, they're not quite well, unless you're the, like the Bismarck Governors or Post 2 that has a bigger charter over the years, but we drove ones in in, uh, in Williston like the Rough Riders, like the bus I just passed. You know, it's kind of got that people mover, you know, seats about, you know, double in a seat. I just passed them, so you're right. They're hanging down. And it brought me to this question today, Brad, on the uh, the text club at, at 35270. And Brad and I actually were discussing this uh, because Brad had mentioned a bucket list. And I, I never have taken in a the what where we're going to be joined by Ryan Powell from the College World Series. Now, in college at NDSU, we played Nebraska-Omaha, but we never got a chance to play at Rosenblatt back then. And now it's a, in a new ballpark there. But... And I thought about this, Brad, is that in 
here's my question. As a player, say you're a baseball player, and you only had to pick one, would you rather have, and it's a would you rather question, experienced and played or the College Baseball World Series in Omaha? Uh, so kind of think that through today. Oh, Jack, we're only pick one. Can you uh, can you repeat the question? You kind of cut out about halfway through. Oh, I'm, by the way, I'm still on that hill. Bro, so that's <laughs> You're still climbing up that hill. So the question, <laughs> I'm still climbing the hill. Literally, this is a five-mile hill. Uh, the question is this. You can only choose one. It's a would-you-rather question today. As a player, would you have rather played in the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, or the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska? So for your little league team playing in the uh, world, a uh, little in Williamsport, or the the uh, in Rosenblatt, or now here at Omaha, college baseball World Series. I think both Brad uh, would be unbelievable, memory making events, but you can only choose one. I'm curious what the responses will be today. I don't know if I could give you an answer for that. At least not yet. Um, it's tough. It is tough. I might say Little League World Series just because how that, well, it's kind of become a made-for-TV event, which is probably good and bad, but I think I just, right. I mean, I maybe like the atmosphere of that a little bit more, uh, you know, all the people you know, up on the you know up on the hillside sitting out in the outfield and that type of thing. I might take that by a nose. It, I, I, you know what? As I was sitting there contemplating that today driving, I, I thought, well, college World Series, it's it's big time. You're you're a college guy, you know. You're you're 19, 20, 21. You're feeling you know, fully adultish, and you're you're you almost feel big time, big league. But then I I paused and thought, boy, little league, you know, it's it's you've got the the innocence of youth, where there's not a lot of cares in the world other than you're out of school. You know, you're with your, what are you, 12, 11 years old. It's such a innocent time, yet, you know, it's, it's the it's the ultimate. It is carried on national television, so you're kind of like the, the big man in elementary school or potential middle school. I think I'm with you, Brad. I think there's a slight lean towards the Little League World Series if you had to choose one. Yeah, I think so. I think, and especially... I don't know if there's many, well, I don't know if comparing teams-wise and such, I don't know. I just think maybe there's a little more a little more tradition in history. There's a lot of tradition in the College World Series, too, but I don't know. Something about that, maybe the Little League World Series, just uh, just gives it a, maybe a, a slight cut above. But I, I will say this. I had a friend of mine, one of my college roommates, uh, and he posted that on um, Twitter. I'd, I He had come to visit about a month or so ago. He hadn't been in Fargo in about 20 years, and and, uh, and he made the point about, he says, I've never been to the College World Series. And I, I responded with, you know what, I haven't either, and I feel like I should go once. It's really not that far away. <laughs> you, you know, tickets are pretty accessible. Uh, I've heard nothing but good from people that have went that just enjoy it. And, I mean, just if you don't have, even if you don't have a rooting interest and if you don't have a dog in the fight, so to speak, you'd still go and enjoy it and have a good time with it. 
Yeah, it, it, it's why it, it maybe is an unfair question today because think of, um, and I know we're fans of everything. We're fans of pro sports, but think of how we, we talk about college game day in football and the NCAA atmosphere and that college just uh, amateurism, uh, that atmosphere. And now imagine that at a college World Series in baseball and how much you love baseball. And that, that, that Omaha is such a melting pot, and uh, there's a fire and an energy. And I've been around that. I, too, haven't been physically to the series, been around there as it's going on. Uh, and it's just insanely great. It's, there's an energy, a collegiate energy, which is different to me than other things, that collegiate energy on whether it be game day on a Saturday in football or like the College World Series. But again, I default back to a Little League World Series because uh, the question is, as a player, both would be unbelievable. But there's that innocence part of Little League World Series, Brad, that just, and again, I think both are bucket list for me. And I know that you said, you know, that'd be a bucket list for you too, certainly the, the College World Series. But I think both are still bucket list for me in, in that. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It just kind of been in my mind this morning as I'm getting ready for more baseball tonight in Sioux Falls. But, and Ryan Powell is right there in the thick of it. We'll throw it at Ryan today, too, since he's joining us from Omaha with yep. Oral Roberts in action at, at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, and, you know, one thing, too, and I want to get, we'll maybe get to this with Ryan a little bit more in detail, but you think of, you know, since, you know, Ryan's time in the Summit League when uh, first at the UND and then now working for the league out of Sioux Falls, um, where does this rank in maybe the last 10, 15 years of the Summit League with, with Oral Roberts making it to the College World Series? Is it right up there with their run uh, a couple of years ago in the NCAA tournament? Uh, you know, the run we've seen with USD and South Dakota State women's basketball, where, you know, does it rank up? Is it more than that? Or maybe like a, the Bison beating Oklahoma in the NCAA tournament. Those are just examples. I want to throw football out of the equation, but uh, just Summit League events only. This one's got to be... If it's not at the top here in the last maybe decade or so, it's got to be in the top two or three, I would guess. That's a that's a fantastic question, but I, that is, that's I'm curious what Ryan's response is. You know, Ryan, Ryan's from Auburn, uh, so don't bring up any Alabama Crimson Tide talk today. He'll be uh, lonely. He'll be, right. he'll be all he'll be all Auburned up today. But that's a phenomenal question. Yeah, take football out of the equation and take like NCHC hockey out of the equation regarding you know schools in our backyard and just strictly stay with summit as it pertains to basketball you know volleyball baseball you know take denver gymnastics out of the equation and you know because they've like done it but yeah i love that question south dakota states you know women uh south dakota's women in hoops um you know take big 12 wrestling out of the equation you know I get where you're going on that question. I I wonder, Brad. Huh. Well, let's see if they make a make make a run too. Maybe we can even add that to the caveat. I mean, maybe they, it's been. What did we say, Brad? Forty some years, seventy-eight. Yeah, I think it was seven. The yeah, I believe it's seventy-eight, something like that. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, that's. That's big, big stuff. I, I love that question. Good stuff. Hey, uh, the Twins didn't win yesterday. I was going to say they lost, but I'll say they didn't win. They were ahead. Corey will talk about that, as you mentioned, 
in the second half hour, Sonny Gray. Uh, there was a, we'll talk with Corey about this, Brad, but for those that watched it, I guess, or listened to the broadcast with, with Corey, um, he referenced it. But, you know, it's a case in point of a competitive athlete, in this case a pitcher, that has got many reasons why he feels that maybe taken out too soon or, you know, what have you, and where you have a disagreement with a manager. And, uh, and we'll kind of touch base with Corey on that. I'm curious what some of the chatter was between Sonny Gray and Rocco Baldelli yesterday. Then they're in a big postgame show. You know, Sonny touched on it. Rocco touched on it. We used some of the montage, some of the highlight, the, the words there. But uh, Sonny went four innings and felt he maybe Brad should have gotten more. I will, uh, I will just say this, and he did not have his best stuff. I was. I didn't actually watch or listen, but I was following. I was no. at um, watching some Legion ball last night over at Starion, but I was keeping an eye on the game uh, live stats. If he's supposed to be the leader of the rotation, I don't know if you would qualify him as the ace, but he's the veteran guy of this rotation. And even if he doesn't have his best stuff, I think he has earned the uh, earned the chance to work through it, at least get you through five, if not six, but at least get you through the fifth. He'd only been nicked for a run. He had a two-run lead. I think he has earned that to just, all right, you got one more inning. Let's see if you can figure it out. You know, if you have a good fifth, we'll maybe trot you out for the sixth, but if you get through you get through five, then I'm going to go to the bullpen. I, I just, uh, to me, that was, um, we've seen a lot of overmanaging from the current regime of the Twins, and yeah. I think this was uh, Exhibit A last night. I uh, I concur. I tried to liken this, I mean, uh, analogize and, and, and liken it with metaphors, whatever, this morning on, on KFGO Sports with Joel. And it's not exactly the same, but it's, it's under the guide and umbrella of, of, of know your team, know your player. And the, the feel that a manager in this case or a coach in any other case has. And I, I liken it to volleyball, Brad, in this instance, and see if I'm in the ballpark with you on this. And we had Jamie Zastable in the other day, head coach of uh, Century High Volleyball, when mm -hmm. they came in. Yep. And I've watched a lot of their games. In the sport of volleyball, uh, if a rally is happening, you know, maybe one, one point, then two points, then three points, uh, some coaches will we'll call a timeout, you know, a lot of timeout, and they'll stop that rally. You know, they'll just call the timeout and then uh, and then resume, and, and hopefully you get momentum back. Um, some coaches will let their team, because they know their team, and, and let them fight through the rally. You know, let their team kind of kind of absorb those points against them until they can they fight through and they come back over on top. And I don't know, either is wrong. It's under the guidance of me of know your team, you know, depending on where you are in a match. And I just wonder as Rocco looks at Sonny, you know, who has is 0-1 in his last seven starts. Um, so, you know, he hasn't had a lot of run support in some games and, you know, pitch counts here, pitch counts there. You know, what does Rocco see? How much does he know his player? What does he perceive with him? You know, as to as it pertains to when do you yank him, depending on the score of the game. You know what I mean? So it's, yep. it's like that volleyball match. When do you call timeout and and just start fresh, or when do you let a guy battle through? And last night might have been one of those cases. And certainly Sonny feels this way that he probably should have been left in to battle through. 
Yeah, I, I feel that too, especially having a lead like that. And I know that the, the win for a pitcher in today's stats and analytics and those the, the, the starting pitching win isn't maybe doesn't hold as much water. But to me, uh, he has a lead. His pitch count was, yeah, it was up there, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't unreasonable. I, I think he at least deserved one more inning. See if he can get him a win. And then, you know, now you've, you got five innings out of your bullpen, and granted, it wasn't your top-flight guys that you put out there. I mean, you basically your your top three guys in the bullpen got another night off, but still, um, you, you got a busy stretch of games coming up here that uh, you're going to have to lean pretty heavy on this. Uh, on this, hopefully, not too much, but you have to lean some on your bullpen. Yeah, without question. Yeah, we saw Kevin McGovern uh, kind of not have his stuff the other night, but bought five innings to save a little bit on some arms uh, for, for the Hawks, too. We'll discuss that with Corey and more. Your text club question, again, at 35270. Uh, you got to choose one. As a player, would you uh, rather play in a College World Series or the Little League World Series? That's uh, that's your question today. Ryan Powell from the Summit League joining us next from Omaha. We'll see which way he goes and more. It's a Friday edition it is, uh, it's a little smoky and hazy here in South Dakota. Friday edition, Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan. Friday edition of the Jack Michael Show. Brad Anderson in the studio. Jack Michael's on the road heading to Ryan Powell's house in Sioux Falls. So, oh, wait, I won't go to but I know he's not there because he's in Omaha from the Summit League. It is Ryan Powell, our good friend. And RP, uh, Brad and I were just discussing our text club question today. If we had to choose one to play in, a Little League World Series or a College Baseball World Series, which would we choose to play in? And I've got to tell you, uh, Ryan, it's almost 50-50, and you're sitting right there in the Mecca Hotbed, Omaha, Nebraska, getting set for Game One. Uh, Oral Roberts in action. Ryan, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. It's it's been a whirlwind, but what a whirlwind to be on. And um, you said hotbed, and it certainly is heating up here in Omaha. As the, the sun's starting to get higher and higher in the sky, but the uh, ORU Golden Eagles are are ready. Summer league's ready, and we're having a great time. The, uh, but Brad, you, Brad's got a great question, question for you, RP coming up. Oh, go ahead. You want my little leaguer, little leaguer college world series? I, I yes. forgot to answer that. Yes. I would, I would probably go. It's hard to be in the moment right now in Omaha, but I still think Williamsport would get my vote. It'd be, it's a tough choice. Like <laughs> See you said, you. Yeah. So it, we got three for. So we got I, three for Williamsport. Great. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm in route, so I apologize, uh, Ryan, for maybe a little delay on my end. And I'll let Brad fire off his question in a moment here. But uh, for those that have never been, uh, Ryan, uh, around the College Baseball World Series, uh, leading up to obviously the games getting getting going, and uh, just just set a little bit more of the scene. Uh, the, the traffic, the cars, are there are there banners, are there cookouts, are the hotels buzzing? And take take us through a little pulse of Omaha right now. Yeah, it's, so we got in on Wednesday night late, so it was still a little kind of slow. Like it was, you were able to get 
get to your hotel pretty quick and not get delayed or anything like that. Yesterday was the practice day. They call it the car wash for the the teams that have to do all the media things, the photos, the ESPN video shoots, the national media, the local media, the conference media. I got to get a plug in for the summer league. We did a lot of content yesterday, but so they go through all of that yesterday. Then they go through practice day on the field. And then Fan Fest opens up in the afternoon, so you start to see more and more fans coming through. And, and there's eight teams here, but you see a lot of a lot of teams fans who didn't make it to Omaha, but they had already planned this trip. So you see a Texas A&M shirt, or I've, I've seen some Auburn things around, which that's my alma mater, so i got to get that in too. But, so I've said War Eagle a couple times, but, yeah, the atmosphere is tremendous. Uh, you see the smoke from the – grills up in the air and it's just a great great atmosphere and bradley yeah, go ahead please. on your uh Bradley brought up a question, Ryan. Go ahead, uh, uh, Bradley, on that one. Yeah, I tell you what, Ryan. Um, you know, you, you look at uh, since your time at UND and now at the Summit League, and you look at and I'm going to throw football out of the equation, and I'm going to throw hockey out of the equation. Just Summit League events, you know, with Oral Roberts, what they did in the NCAA basketball tournament a couple of years ago, and what the South Dakota State women have done in previous years, and USD women. Where does this, and maybe this is a question that maybe can't be answered yet, but uh, where does this rank? I would say in the last 10, 12 years, this has got to be, if not at the top, got to be at the top two or three, unless I'm missing something. Yeah, yeah, Brad, it's on the it's on the podium for sure, and, and I'd be hard-pressed to say it's not number one just in terms of visibility with nothing else going on in the college sports world right now, and you know, no, are you being the fourth, the third, four seed to get here? Like we're the darlings of Omaha right now, or Roberts is, and, mm-hmm. and you're starting to see that, you know, slowly start to to resonate with the fans around here and and things like that. But just exposure wise, like it's it's tremendous. And the Sweet 16 for ORU men in 21 was great, but that was COVID tournament where there yeah. weren't fans, you know, and we I couldn't even get to Indianapolis to enjoy it because of travel restrictions and things and Obviously, our women's basketball has been to the Sweet 16 a couple of times. So, like, those are all lumped together as just moments in our history that, that we're the most proud of. And this is, you know, the current moment, and we're we're certainly trying to take advantage of it. We got a billboard on I-80 that says, Welcome Summer League Country, because Omaha is, you know, one of our members, and they're right here in the middle of it. And, oh, are you obviously getting here? So we're trying to capitalize on on getting our brand out, too. Yeah, you bet. Strike while the iron's hot in that uh, in that case. No so. doubt. Uh, I got one for you, too, Ryan. Ryan Powell joining us from the Summit League from Omaha today on the show. Jack on the road, Brad in studio. You know, on Brad's question, line of ORU basketball, as much as uh, the country started to learn more about a kid named Max Acemus Ryan, uh, that, and which well-intended, uh, where does Jonah Cox or where will Jonah Cox uh, fit in after the next couple of days as the country learns more about what he has done this season and you can kind of lay out what Jonah has done this season yeah Jonah's had a incredible season like he's he's on a 47 game hitting streak right now he is hit safely in 62 of or 63 games like he came on to the he was at a JUCO last year, Eastern Oklahoma State, I think, is where he was. And his brother had played at ORU, so he was always coming to ORU. But I think they struck gold, obviously, with with him playing center field as good as he does, with him hitting 
for average. He can drop a bunt down. We saw him get a couple bunt base hits in, in Fargo at the Summer League Tournament. He can hit a home run at Eugene, the Super Regional last weekend, game two. It's 8-5. to five. They're down three. They're facing elimination. It's the eighth inning. He hasn't got a hit in the game yet. How do you extend your hitting streak to 46 games? You put one over the center field wall. Like, he just does it all for this team, and he's gotten several All-American honors uh, to show for it, but he's awesome. You know, the one thing about ORU that gets overlooked a little bit is how good their defense is. If you go to the NCAA rankings and you type in fielding percentage, the number one team in the country is Oral Roberts. Like, their shortstop, Max McCroskey, is it's just dynamite, and then they have pitching, too. They're, they're top ten in batting average, ERA, and fielding percentage. So this team is well-rounded. They're playing in the big park here at Charles Schwab Field, which they really like because they can play defense, use their speed, and hopefully keep the ball in the ballpark. So it's it's set up for them to, to make some noise here in Omaha, too. And Jonah Cox has been, obviously, the top of the charts for them. Pretty good first-round matchup, I would say, with TCU because uh, much like Oral Roberts has won, what, 23 of 24, I think that's just the one loss of the Bison in that uh, stretch. TCU as well. They have twenty three and twenty about uh, about six weeks ago or so, and then they got they got hot at the right time. Yeah. So ORU had a twenty one game winning streak that was snapped in the first game of the super regional last weekend in Eugene, and then TCU mm-hmm. now after they won both games in their super regional against Indiana State, they own the nation's longest winning streak, and I think it's eleven. It might be twelve, but so yeah, two of the hottest teams in the country are. Or getting the College World Series started off here in a, about a half hour. I think what I'm getting from Ryan Powell today, and I'm sure our listeners are, is that I don't feel like you were wide-eyed, Ryan, or shocked that, that they came out of that, that Eugene at Oregon Regional. And I don't I don't get the feeling that you would be shocked if, if they picked up a win or two at the College Baseball World Series. I wouldn't be, Jack. Like, I... In, I, I fully recognize that their RPI is what it was like in the 70s, so they weren't going to get much higher than a four seed when they got when those things came out a couple of weeks ago, and they got stuck in Stillwater because Stillwater is right down the road. But Oklahoma State re- regional host, number 11 overall national seed, ORU beat them three times this year. They had three chances to beat them. They did it every time. They go to Oregon, they get up 8-0, game one, you're like, oh, wow, this is incredible. They lose that game 9-8, to like first team in NCAA regional history to be up eight runs and to lose a game. So then we're kind of like, oh, that was a really great run, guys. Like, But then you're like, this is a gritty team. They're going to bounce back on Saturday and, and give it their all, and they get down 8-5 in the eighth inning, and what do you know, they – get a two-run walk-off double, and they're playing Sunday. And at that point, I was like, they're going to win because they, their pitching is just – they have depth in, the, in their in their arms and bullpen. And sure enough, the Oregon kind of ran out of pitching. They went 11-6, to and next thing you know, we're, my weekend plans changed, and I'm in Omaha. So it's been awesome. <laughs> yeah, what, what he means, Brad, is he, he wanted to spend time with his friend Jack in Sioux Falls – in the at the bird cage and eat donuts and <laughs> hot dogs, but he has to go to Omaha. <laughs> I do. I have I one do, more but... for you, <laughs> Ryan. I think I think either I think either way you would have, you would have won, but I'll I'd probably take Omaha. 
to that to that point, Jack, I, uh, if you guys were coming to Sioux Falls twice, I wouldn't have come to Omaha. I was going to stay in Sioux Falls. But I know you guys. There are you go, baby. Summer, I have so. one. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I have one more for you. And by the way, uh, this just in from 29. Uh, there's some construction. Anyway, I have one more for you, Ryan. The uh, <laughs> the uh, the residual effect of Oral Roberts making of the College World Series, uh, the impact it has for the Summit, the effect it has on other baseball teams in the Summit. Is there anything that that lies in the wake of this, where other teams now? see what they got to do to be there. Is there any residual effect from this ride? I think there is. And, I mean, there is the caveat that Or Roberts has, has dominated the Summer League for as long as they have. But, you know, you started to see a couple years ago Omaha wins the regular season. They go to Tulsa and they beat ORU to win the Summer League tournament for the first time, and they go to the NCAA tournament. COVID hits. Come back the next year, North Dakota State starting to get better and better. They end up winning the tournament that was held in Omaha. They go to the state tournament. So it hasn't been ORU, ORU, ORU. It had been. This is the 20th year, I think, since 1999 that they've won the regular season and tournament titles. So we're used to ORU being good. But then those teams started to get a little closer. And obviously ORU just had a special, special year. But I do, to your point, think – you know, teams are going to start to see that, hey, if ORU can do this, what do we need to do to invest a little more in our baseball? Or what do we need to do to upgrade our facilities? Or what do we need to do to, to be on that same stage? And ORU's not going anywhere. Like, this is only going to help their program, too. So they're going to even have to put a little more into it to, to keep the pace and to keep going. But it's a great, great time for Summer League Baseball where we put out a graphic on – Wednesday, I think we called it Omaha's Power Five. So we put our logo with the Big 12, the Pac-12, the ACC, and the SEC just to let people know, hey, we're here too. So it's been a lot of fun trying to get our name out there a little more and see what happens here at 1 o'clock. Summit League, baby, making some moves, and you love to see that, and not just in, as Brad started this conversation, it may be just one particular sport. You know, this is now across the board the success of the Summit League. And, Ryan, I know you're there in working capacity, but I, I, are you going to be able to just, like, uh, disconnect and actually be a fan, or is this going to be 24-7 work? Of course, your work down there is maybe part of all you love doing, I suppose, Ryan, right? Yeah, absolutely. I have, I have one of the best jobs for sure. And, you know, it's it's hard to to say, you know, oh, I have to go watch sports and, and still make a living and provide for my family. It's not a not a bad deal, but certainly you, you, you get a little more invested in, in your teams. It's kind of like having nine children, right? Like you want all of them to succeed. And you know what? This is the week where we're going to put a little more shine on Oral Roberts because it's about them right now. And I think our, our schools bought into that a little bit. We've you know, seen some tweets from our other members wishing ORU good luck and things like that. So this is great for the whole league, and, and we're really embracing it and enjoying it. And to your point, like I love baseball anyway, so tomorrow night when LSU and Paul Skeens is pitching because he's going to be a top three pick in the draft, I'm going to be right here at Charles Schwab Field sitting back and just kind of watching that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh. Uh, okay, Brad and I now, and every listener is officially uh, probably a tad jealous, as they say. But, hey, we're going to live vicariously <laughs> through URP. 
We'll do it. <laughs> Go get yeah, them this weekend. Hey, good luck to all yeah. Roberts. There's no... Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it'll be yeah, a lot of fun. Some... Track us on social media. We're at, at the Summer League on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So we're going to be, be pushing out the content. We'll do it. Maybe maybe next time we talk, you're telling us how Jonah Cox, you know, blew right past Roberts' hit streak and all those numbers over there and how Oral Roberts is getting her done. Uh, good stuff. Ryan, I know we're out of time. Enjoy the day. Good luck uh, to the Summit League uh, representative, Oral Roberts, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks for having me. That was great. See you guys. Take care. Yeah, good, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, Brad, uh, that's a pretty good job today. It's not a bad job anyway, job. but yeah, there are the. I would say this has to be uh, probably for Ryan too, who's been at this for a lot of years, and he got to a lot of different places on you know, the Big Sky and the Summit and stuff. I mean, this is this is cool. I mean, just a just a great event for for Oral Roberts and for the league as well. And I'm glad that they are going to uh, kind of highlight uh, highlight every move. Yeah, and of course you got his Auburn plug. I told you, told you he was going to get a little Auburn Absolutely. plug in there. That's uh, just par for the course. Uh, a couple of texts. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we come yep. back joined by. Co- oh, go ahead. Uh, a couple ahead. of texts here. Uh, one about the College World Series. Uh, texter says, "I was at the College World Series four years ago. I was surprised how many North Dakota people we talked to there. Even had a team from here that stayed at the same hotel as us." And then we go on the topic of Sonny Gray. It says Sonny Gray has struggled even in his wins the last several outings. Well, he hasn't had a win since the end of April. He's had a lot of no decisions and a loss. Uh, but if you watch his whole interview after the game, not a good look for a guy if he wants to be any kind of leader on this team. Uh, well, uh, well it's, it's a great segue, Brad, into our next segment because uh, we'll talk about it. Corey Provis. Coming up next, it is the uh, Friday edition Jack Michael Show Baseball This Week with CP. Coming up next right here on 740 The Fan. So, every Friday on the show, we get a chance to talk with Corey Provost, brought to you by Dean's Bulk Service and the Barnville Sea Store. It's baseball this week with the radio voice of the Minnesota Twins, Corey Provost. And Corey, things were looking pretty good. The uh, Twins were on the road, got a series win at, uh, at, at Toronto. They come back, they sweep a pair from Milwaukee, a quick two game set. Last night looked like it started well, Corey. Uh, and then it didn't end so well against the Detroit Tigers, Mr. Provost. Yeah, Tigers had won only one game in June. Uh, they were 1 11 in the month of June before the game last night. So they were reeling a little bit, and the Twins took a pretty sizable early lead. Sonny Gray on the mound. It was all adding up uh, kind of uh, in a way you thought the Twins would kind of win rather comfortably. But then, you know, Sonny, who had a laborious second inning, had an even tougher fourth, and then gave up one. But the Twins held on to a two-run lead. Then I'm sure you saw it. Maybe we'll talk about it here next, but Rocco and Sonny go back and forth, you know, pretty passionately in the dugout. Right. Sonny was gone, and then Moran came in in the fifth, gave up three. The lead was gone, and then Lopez, uh, he was really struggling here. Can't figure it out. Can't can't figure out what's going on with that guy. Uh, had a great April, bad May. June hasn't been much better, and uh, he gave up three more, and that was the, that was the backbreaker, and the Twins lost uh, 
a game they had some control of early on last night, so that was disappointing. And good news is he had you know three more opportunities maybe to 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 flip that script a little bit since you brought it up. Yeah, I think if you talk with some managers, certainly in in, in the world I'm in, uh, if I talk with a manager, they will tell me a lot of times, Corey, the toughest thing at least at that level uh, of independent ball or what have you is is managing bullpen. You know, maybe maybe trying to get a feel of of, of your starter. You're always looking ahead. You don't want to burn arms because a future all of that stuff Corey with Sonny Gray and Rocco Baldelli take us behind the curtain as much as you can between a guy that wants to be competitive and feels he still can and a manager that feels well that that maybe it's time to, is to come out well from Sonny let's let's start with Sonny's you know point of view on this Sonny is going to be a free agent at season's end and a guy in April that was that was in consideration for the pitcher of the month uh, in the American League in April it went to uh, Garrett Cole, and that was that was fine. I had no big debate about that. Sonny was great, but Sonny was pitching like an all-star. Um, and that was continuing into May a little bit. Um, as no decisions, um, as was the case again last night. And he hasn't won a decision, you know, Jack, since late April. So he's been either a loss or no decision here since uh, since his first outing in May. But he's motivated to to keep going, and he's got one more probably sizable payday coming his way, and I hope it's with the Twins. I hope he sticks around. Sure. Uh, and, and we'll pitch here for the next few seasons. He uh, His curveball was was not good last night, and his curveball has is, is become his best pitch. He throws it to righties, he throws it to lefties, and he had no feel for that breaking ball at all last night. So you take that one out, and then strike throwing just became even more challenging. He got through four. Pitch count was in the 70s, had a 30-some-odd pitch, fourth inning, and he was under the assumption he was going back out for the fifth inning, team on top by two runs, but then Rocco said it's time. Now, all we, we could see, the honesty that we could see was all from Sonny's side because Rocco's back was to the camera, and Rocco, we didn't see, we couldn't read his lips. Sonny was passionate that he wanted to stay in the game and we could read his lips and multiple times he would say, tell me why, tell me why. Mm. So, you know, Sonny heard what Rocco said, but probably, and I think we found out post game did not agree with his rationale. Now, what was behind Rocco's side of it? We didn't get much transparency uh, from Rocco on that side. You know, he said, you know, we had some decisions to make. They're not easy, but this is what we felt was best for the team. Okay. And that's that's that makes sense. But beyond that, we don't know more, um, except that, you know, Sonny wasn't throwing strikes. He's been walking guys. And that, in the end, is, is what led to him coming out when he did, hoping that Moran and others uh, could do their job and bring in Jax, bring in Duran, and the Twins would have gone to bed last night with, uh, with the game one win. Did not happen. Bullpen had a rough go. They gave up six runs, Moran three. And Lopez three, and and in the end that was it. But I thought Sonny was pretty cool. I mean, it, no. if not, give a give a listen to his, his post game last night. He gave about six minutes of passionate answers, and you could see he was upset. He wanted to go back out and pitch, and Rocco to that front said, "Good, I'm glad that my guy wants to go back out there and, and compete, and not just kind of you know throw in the towel and say I'm done." So he, I think, it liked the fact that that Gray was as passionate as he was about what took place in the dugout last night. 79 pitches, uh, 45 strikes, to Corey's point right there. And uh, and I'll throw one more at you, and then we'll move on uh, off this topic. Because I, I know you had mentioned that, that, that Gray over past, I think, seven outings is, is 0-1, uh, so not a lot of decisions there. How much, Corey, uh, can run support given to a starting pitcher 
uh, lesson or maybe have some overlook the fact that maybe he isn't as sharp? Because I don't think Sonny at times has gotten sometimes a lot of run support. How much does that play a factor in this? Oh, certainly. It certainly does. I mean, yes, if you have, and I think we've seen that at times with, with the guy going on Sunday, Louis Varland, um, that, and Joe Ryan early too. I mean, Joe Ryan was getting a ton of run support early. Varland's been getting some run support here lately. And Rocco has been trying to, to let him pitch out of some jams and has given up some hard contact, given up some home runs, but he's letting him go a little bit longer in some of these games. But yeah, run support makes all the difference in the world. It makes that decision a lot easier that, you know what? If I have you know a seven-one lead and my guy gives up three right now, I don't have to panic. We sure. still have the lead. We're still okay. And the Twins are in a stretch right now, Jack, without an off day for a while. They're they're still early on into what is a sixteen games, sixteen day stretch, um, and then they'll then they'll come back you know home and then have you know one more homestand before the All Star break. So every extra inning or innings you can get from your starting pitcher right now during this time without an off day. Is pretty significant. Let's get to who's hot. And uh, we've talked a little bit of maybe about who's not, Corey. But hey, Carlos Correa, hitting season, huh? Uh, let's go. Seven game hitting streak, Jack. And these are not just little meaningless singles here. These are these are impactful, game changing, game deciding swings uh, that he's coming up with right now. And man, this is this is great to see. He's still playing an unbelievable short. He had a great game last night. He made some great plays at short. Uh, but the bat looks fantastic, and he's been tinkering with his swing a ton. He's had multiple people working with his swing uh, to trying to find that that good groove that he finished twenty twenty two with, and I think we're seeing that that hard work pay off. You know, he's a big believer in that saying, "Trust the process, trust the process." I think that's more cliche than reality. I think when things aren't going well, that I think how do you not just tinker with something here because. What I was doing maybe worked in the past. I'm trying to do it now, but maybe the pitchers are making adjustments to not allow me to swing in the same way that I was earlier. So I have to adjust to that. So I, I think there probably is, and I asked Rocco that a little bit in the pregame show yesterday. He does see some differences with Correa's swing. To what extent, he didn't give too many details on that, but he does see some differences with what Correa's been doing with the swing at the plate now from where he was about a month ago. Two more things with Corey Provis. Uh, yeah, and Correa, if I'm not mistaken, just jumped. Did he Did he just go and hunt that first pitch last night early, right? He first... did, yeah, early against Boyd. Yeah, ripped it left field line and, uh, yeah, first inning double. Yep. I uh, sure love did. that. Uh, Buxton reinstated. Larnick uh, optioned to AAA. But I want to really go to the, the guys that – that are on the uh, on the IL, but be at the ten day, fifteen day, or more. And specifically, Corey, uh, you know, Jorge Polanco with with the hamstring strain, Kenta Maeda. That that I'm, I I wonder if Twins fans aren't thinking they're going to see him during the month of June. And Caleb Thielbar, uh, of those three, uh, Polanco, Maeda, Thielbar, uh, who do the Twins miss the most right now? I think they miss Polanco. Uh, I think it's not knocking Eddie Julian. I think Polanco, switch hitting, leadoff guy, just you just you know what you get with Polanco. You get a great at bat. You get a guy that, you know, he may strike. He's striking out more this year than he has in the past. But who on this team isn't? I mean, right now, I mean that that's that's it's getting you know ridiculous here. I mean the strikeouts. I mean the Tigers last night. That's not a team, Jack. That you look at their pitching staff that is missing many bats. And yet the Twins, again, had a, had a double-digit strikeout game, and they're on this record pace for most strikeouts ever by a team in any one season in the history of the game, and we saw more of that last night. But Polanco, I think what you get is you get this steadying presence 
uh, switch hitting second baseman that he's going to be in that lineup a lot. And he's going to, you know, just be at times a nuisance for that pitcher on the mound because he's going to have, you know, seven, eight, nine pitch at bat once, if not twice a game and just drive that pitch count up and show some frustration with that opposing pitcher. Mm. He may not get a hit, but he's going to, he's going to force that pitcher to throw everything he has. And so for the guy on deck, you know, you're not going to be surprised at what this guy's throwing because you're just going to see it in front. So I think Polanco uh, certainly is there, you know, up until last night, I think Giovanni Moran had been doing really well. Um, so I, I thought, you know, having a second left-handed arm in the bullpen is always great, but I thought Moran was holding his own. You know, Maeda is going to be back though the soonest. I mean, that that's just the reality of it. Polanco, I'll be shocked, Jack, if, if we see it before the All-Star break. Uh, and same with with Thielbar because he has just a reoccurrence of the same injury. And I'm not a doctor, uh, but I think if both Lopez, I'm sorry, with uh, Polanco and right. Thielbar, both re-aggravating the same injury, I think it's prudent now that they take more time. That clearly they probably rushed themselves back a bit prematurely, and they weren't ready to go. So I think both. I'll be shocked if we see Thielbar and Polanco, um, you know, before the All-Star break. But Kent is going to make one more start with the St. Paul Saints either tonight or tomorrow. It's coming up here pretty soon, hoping to get the pitch count up to 80, and then they'll kind of reevaluate after that. Yeah, love to love to see him back. And you're right, hamstrings and obliques, man. It just, uh, boy, you wish that they could just go away and boom, never return. But see how that goes. Corey, phase one of All-Star Balloting is, is happening right now. Uh, so last but not least today on, on, on a little baseball this week, uh, if do the Twins, in your estimation, have one, two more worthy of being All-Stars judged by the production to this point? I would think right now there are two. Um, I thought three a couple of weeks ago, and, and Sonny Gray was in that group, but just not getting you know, the length uh, and the walks or climbing. So I, I think Sonny's kind of put himself in a, in a, in a lower tier okay. of being on that team. But I think the guy going tonight, I think Joe Ryan, and I think Joe Duran. Mm. Those two guys, I think, will, will, will probably get good looks to, to be all-stars. I think Duran, from a marketing standpoint, not just how good he is, but I think you're on that stage, and I think what baseball wants is for you know the best players who do special things to have this spotlight. And I think with Jawan Duran throwing 104, 105, I think is pretty unique. So I think that that probably gives him you know a leg up, uh, certainly to be on that team. And Joe Ryan, he's pitching. He's been the most consistent guy. He's been the most consistent starter here from day one, and I think so. Those would be the two guys. I don't see anybody offensively, you know, going, even though Correa is warming up here. I think it's too little too late for that. So right now, uh, this could change in a week. But right now, Jack, I would say the Twins have two. I would say Ryan and Duran have good shots to beat Seattle. Great stuff. Corey's had some just uh, great calls on those thrilling Twins wins. Hopefully uh, there's a couple more, and I'd be remiss. Father's Day weekend, uh, you know, we're dads first and foremost, I think, Corey. I love the fact how engaged you are with your children. I know for both of us it'll be a Father's Day without our, our fathers. Was your dad a, a, like a ballpark guy? Was he working so much but but with throw ball, a catch in the backyard? Uh, I know you guys were really close. I had a chance to meet him once. Uh, but uh, you gotta can't help but think of pops this weekend right no yeah i'm not uh i'm, I'm honestly not looking forward to this yeah this is, uh this is this is i was telling my wife that the other night that i'm not excited about this one at all so this one this is going to be hard sunday morning is going to be tough right uh waking up but yeah my dad my dad was a salesman and he traveled a lot during the week but he was home on the weekend yeah so we would yeah we yeah he was my coach uh for baseball love it uh and that pains me that i can't just you know the job that i have i just i miss so much you know, like last night coop had a, had a game and he uh. had a 
a three run inside the park home run. And my wife told me at the walk off hit, and I, and I wasn't <laughs> there for any of that. So oh. it's, you know, that kind of stuff you miss. And then I missed my daughter's dance recital last weekend. So those, those things get really hard, but yeah, my dad was very present uh, in my life and certainly on the weekends, but uh, yeah, I vividly remember yeah, all those moments, yeah. certainly baseball. I think that was baseball and some tennis. My dad played tennis when he was a kid too. So those were the two sports I think we connected with uh, when I was younger. And uh, but yeah, certainly yeah, baseball. It was uh, my my love of the game. Yeah, it did no doubt uh, it came from him. That's such a great response. And now the movie escapes me, but there's a line in the movie, and I forget the movie, Corey. And someone says, you know, my dad and I didn't talk too much, but we could always talk about baseball. I forget the movie. It's gonna I'm gonna wear that all weekend long, by the way. But anyway, good stuff, uh, Corey. Uh, go get him happy, but sincerely happy Father's Day to you, my friend. Uh, weekend and uh, and and go get those twins a couple of wins buddy all right jack sam you and track it now my man drag it down today that is uh cory provis so and on behalf of brad me a couple of dads happy father's day to all those uh fathers out there and uh red hawks baseball coming up tonight nothing a pregame at 6 15 first pitch at 6 35 red hawks uh, tonight on the fan twins and tigers on kfgo thank you to ryan powell Corey Provis. Uh, Brad, have a tremendous weekend, partner. We will uh, we'll talk to you tonight on the air. All right, sounds good. We'll see you. Tom, man, is next.